0: Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. Today, I am delighted to have JP Menz with me here today, who is one of the makers of a software called OwnTrack. JP was originally scheduled to talk at the GeoMob in Munich at the end of March. Unfortunately, we've had to cancel that because of the virus. But this is a very cool software, so I wanted to make sure we got him on here as a chance to to tell us what OwnTrax is all about. JP, why don't we start with you introducing yourself and and telling us very briefly what is OwnTrax? Uh,
1: Very good. Thank you, Ed, for having me on the show. Yes, indeed, we should have met up in uh, München or Munich unfortunately, that's not possible. We'll do it this way. So uh, who am I? I uh, I'm JP Menz. I'm Jan Pete. I uh, originally had the idea of uh, creating something that would do what uh, Google Latitude used to do. I think a uh, project died sometime in 2013, if I remember correctly. And um, so ontrax uh, was the A little bit of a crazy idea at the time, I uh, was interested in a transport and a TCP transport protocol called MQTT, which, by the way, does not uh, mean anything, it's not an acronym. And I basically had the idea how difficult would it be to have a little app running on a phone which would uh, publish a person's location over MQTT. And interestingly, I think it was uh, two days later or three days later, at least very, very shortly after that. Somebody called Alexander Rost showed up and said, Well, how about this? I didn't know the guy. And he actually had a prototype running. And a few days later, maybe a week later, my very, very good friend Christoph had basically done exactly the same thing for iOS. So I was in, I was fascinated. And that's uh, how this whole project started, which at the beginning was called Tude, a beautiful name, which I still love, sort of a combination between MQTT and Latitude. But we then later on thought, well, nobody can pronounce this, and we even have difficulty pronouncing this, and my family had difficulty pronouncing it, uh, so we changed the name to uh, to OwnTracks. And OnTracks is uh, supposed to, no, not only supposed to, OnTracks, the name OnTracks means my own track. So other than the NSA, I am the only person who has my tracking data, or you are the only person who have your tracking data. So that's OnTracks. OnTracks is, uh, on the one hand, the back-end software, on the other hand, a front-end software. So two apps, one for iOS, one for Android, which collect location information. And this location information is sent out in a as a json payload what we call our own tracks uh, json payload uh, to a server to a small server which uh, you host yourself or own tracks users host themselves or maybe you would host a small server for for your family for your friends etc and yeah that's that's basically in a couple sentences what uh, what OnTrax, uh, does.
0: So, so who is using? Is this hobbyists or this is you know what, what's the barrier to entry? I need to first set up my own server or who? What kind of people are involved in this project? And what's the goal? Is it that just kind of privacy obsessed geeks run it themselves or is it is this a tool that for normal people? you see what I'm
1: saying. It's a tool for normal people. However, normal people need some sort of friend or acquaintance who can actually set up a a central server. The server, server always sounds very, uh, very heavy. Server is something like a Raspberry Pi or BeagleBone Black or some very, very simple system, Unix Linux system, which is able to run a a mosquito broker or which is able to run HTTP server like Apache or Nginx. We currently, or we have since also implemented support for location data over HTTP. Who uses Ontrax? Mainly, probably mainly geeks. Ontrax is not an app which you would download from the App Store. Or from the Play Store, whatever it's called, and then sort of set up and go. The reason it's not that is we don't have a cloud service. We don't, we on the only thing we provide is basically the software. So we have the apps. We have all sorts of programs which run on the background, uh, on the, on the back end, but we don't provide the service. We don't, uh, it's not like a Foursquare. Uh, I heard yesterday, I think you use it. It's not something that you can immediately start running. You can't sign up for own tracks. We don't. We don't have a central service. Okay. We don't have a central service because we don't want your data. That's It's your data. You're supposed to have it. We don't even know what you're doing with that data.
0: And so what are people using it for? So once, you know, I've got it on my phone, I travel around and uh, it records my location and then that goes up to my server and then what? Then I can somehow extract it from that or, or there's kind of a visual interface or, or what? what's the use case?
1: You have the data, you can extract it. We have visual interfaces. Uh, Our colleague, I'll call him a colleague, Linus, is working on what we call the OnTracks front end, which is a very, very sexy looking uh, web interface onto the data, which is stored on your little server. Basically, I would say, basically, geeks use it. If you really ask me what do people use it for, I must actually pass because we simply don't know what people use it for. However, we have an inkling, of course, because uh, people tell us what they do with it. People might report a problem and saying, they're using it for this and this and that something didn't work. So for example, quite a number of people use it for home automation. So when they approach their home, um, the Ontrax client uh, sends out an event that we're entering or that you are entering a geofence around your home, for example which might do all sorts of things like uh, use openhab or use um, home assistant to perhaps open your garage door or turn on the lighting or stop the irrigation it depends a little bit what what you want to do with kind of thing so that is that and uh, basically keeping a record of where where I've been where people have been that is what uh, is mostly done with Uh, with Ontrax. And specifically, what is very, very popular is a whole event thing. So we can, um, you can, as an Ontrax user in your app, define uh, what we call a geofence. As soon as your app leaves or enters that geofence, we send out an Ontrax event uh, which here again is a JSON blob, uh, which contains uh, the name of the the name of the region that you've uh, defined, uh, the the position, the time, of course, when this happened, and people do yeah all sorts of things with it.
0: Huh? I, any idea how many people are using it, or I guess you don't really have a way to know,
1: or? Well, due due to the fact that we don't have a cloud service, we basically don't know. What we do know is, uh, of course, how many downloads there are. We also know, because the uh, the app stores tell us that. We know how many people upgrade the the app. So, if suppose you uh, about a year ago had downloaded the app and you would still have it on your phone and your phone would be updating it, that is that is a number. That is a metric that we have. That is a metric we know we have. Of course, we don't don't know whether you're actually uh, effectively using right. it, but uh, yes, we know that there are several thousand people who uh, who use this and who have been using it already basically since the word go. And uh, that was a, a big motivation. It was uh, hugely interesting to see how many people uh, were actually using it. Well,
0: congratulations. we
1: were sending us reports and bugs. And uh, of course, all software has or has had bugs. We are meanwhile in a position to sp- To basically say that we, our software is actually quite stable or even very stable. But there were times when this was different. I recall one of the, or some of the first versions uh, for iOS. I use an iOS phone that Christoph provided once uh, I installed a version at, I think, one o'clock in the morning. And um, I was late to a customer because the battery was completely sucked dry right. from this uh, by the software. So, um, all sorts of yeah, interesting, interesting bugs, interesting things that have happened in the past. We once got a, we once got a report. Uh, this is uh, this is a true story. You can go look it up on GitHub because it's still in the issue tracker. We once got a report somebody saying that the app doesn't work very well at speeds over eight hundred kilometers per hour, and I said speeds about what and he said yeah over 800 kilometers per hour the on tracks the the app doesn't doesn't react properly to something was displayed incorrectly
0: well, and a, it fighter turned out pilot? This was he a fighter
1: a fighter pilot exactly who wow. <laughs> took the app along in his in his uh, in his jet so this was, it was hugely amusing and that's still for me is one of the highlights of this whole project was that one issue come
0: on man the phone's supposed to be in flight mode everyone knows that <laughs> when you're in the place, but um, so yeah. so on the software side, it's it's an open source project. Is it still actively being developed? How active is the community there? Like, how often are there new releases? And are is it a small core of people like yourself who are working on it, or are, are new people coming in and building things? And what are what are some of the features that people are asking for?
1: Uh, you're right. It's an open source project. It's uh, basically I originally basically took uh, well, it was it, it was I who had the idea and, and I sort of tried to tried to create this project, uh, but credit where credit is due, the apps were written by were not written by me. Uh, the apps have been written by Christoph Kai, who does the iOS implementation, and by Alexander Rust, who did the Android implementation. Who has meanwhile been or i am very grateful that he's been joined by Andrew Grouse, who uh, also contributes to the Android port. Then we have uh, Linus, who, um, as I mentioned earlier, already does the the front end. I dabble a bit in the on the back end. I'm, I'm not a user interface person. I, I like. Doing the Unix side of things, so uh, yes, we're basically a very small team. And um, whenever we have a little bit of time, open source is uh, very time-consuming, and uh, we also have uh, we also have to eat something. Whenever we have a little bit of time, we uh, we sit down and try and fix things or add new features. Or some occasionally somebody will ask for a new feature. Currently, there's nothing specific planned. There are no specific features that have been planned. We have in the last couple of years been very intent on uh, increasing stability. We're which has meanwhile reached a, a point where I could say yes, our apps are, are really very stable. Of course, everything can be improved upon. Every new iOS or every new Android release causes a lot of pain because APIs change. So our chaps have to uh, have to sit down again and try and figure out what what has changed and why has it changed and what differences, what effect does it have on our app. These apps are. Um, are actually highly complicated because we not only have to rely on the actual operating system giving us the location of the phone, we can't say, Sir, turn our GPS and give us a position. So we, our apps have to rely on the operating system uh, telling us where the, where the uh, phone currently is. And in iOS, for example, and meanwhile I believe in Android as well, the apps are sort of put to sleep in the background, they have to wake up occasionally and figure out oh, something new, connect to the MQTT broker, uh, send out a position or connect to the HTTP server, send out a position, go back to sleep again. This is quite complex and has in the past caused a lot of sleepless nights. But meanwhile, I think we're, we're, we're there. We're almost there.
0: You know, a couple episodes ago, Steven and I had a whole big conversation about the whole issue of privacy and location tracking and and the fact that, As a society, it seems it seems the technology has advanced way far ahead of what's technically possible and that many consumers, you know, aren't really aware that what the apps on their phone are doing, how they're being tracked and that. By combining location data with other data you know you can create a very clear picture of someone's behaviors and patterns and things like this and this hasn't is only now starting to reach public consciousness how do you see that situation or does that come up at all in in how you develop the own tracks and in the community is that talked about or is that kind of a motivator for people to use own tracks because they want they want to get away from centrally organized services like a foursquare or a google latitude or how do you see this
1: we have a number of people who want to get away from all of this. We also have people who, for example, on the uh, on the Android platform, would like us very urgently or have wanted us in the past also already several years back very urgently to move to the uh, help me please that alternative platform for Android. I forget what it's called as a as a non-google environment. sorry I've, oh, I don't, I don't I'm know.
0: I'm, I'm more of an iOS guy but.
1: Yeah, so there are a number of people who want to move away from from centralized tracking. There are, of course, the techie people. So the people who would typically use, or the geese, the people who would typically use our own tracks apps. They uh, they know how they can work around all this. Of course, you're quite right that there's a. A certain amount of um certain a certain number of people who are thinking or maybe considering not wanting to be tracked own tracks would technically be a possible solution to this but of course since we on purpose don't provide uh, a cloud service this is of course very very difficult for a normal i'd say a normal human being a non-geek to uh to accomplish in any way so we, we unfortunately or maybe fortunately because we have no cloud service. We we cannot really help these people.
0: Are there any plans? I mean, that's kind of become an increasingly common business model over the last couple of years, where there is some kind of open source software, and then someone offers kind of an enterprise-hosted version, like a, a Red Hat doing this for Linux or whatever. I mean, could own tracks be commercialized? Is that is that something anyone's working on as a way? Obviously, you'd have to somehow guarantee the privacy aspect, but... I could imagine people might want to use the service but they're, you know the technical barrier is too high for them.
1: Well, Christopher and I have commercialized OnTracks in such a way that we provide little devices which are used in, in vehicles and buses and cars and so on which provide the same kind of data but from the point of view of the open source apps we uh, actually spend quite a bit of time, uh, this is approximately two years ago I would say, quite a bit of time thinking about and also writing code to, to actually commercialize it. So we wanted to, to be able to, to earn a little bit of money with on sure. and we had something which was, which was called hosted mode. The plan was. That you would for a few euro per month per per whatever per year, that you would use own tracks. We would store the data for you. We would provide the data, provide maps, provide services, provide all sorts of things. Right. So this this was actually implemented. We spent yeah quite a number of CPU cycles getting that in, and then came the moment where we decided no no that's that's not what we want. We we actually tore that all out. Literally tore it all out. Really. What out.
0: prompted that decision? I mean after you had invested. Some of its energy in, in creating
1: it. Privacy. The original intention of Ontrax was that we do not collect your data, huh. and, and then we were suddenly producing software. We were suddenly changing our software to then suddenly yes, do collect your data, and we realized that's not the right thing to do. So to yeah, you know, let's say finally answer your question. No, we we have not commercialized it. I'm not aware of anybody who uh, who is attempting to do so. We've had a number of people who have been very interested in using Ontrax and in particular the apps. Uh, For example, we had somebody uh, from, I think it was uh, Australia, who wanted to use, they were interested in uh, deploying iPhones, iPhone 6, I think it was at the time, because the iPhone 6 had a barometric pressure uh, sensor. Okay, They wanted us to add current environmental pressure to uh, the JSON payload. Uh, which we did. Christoph did I think uh, took an hour yeah. and, and was in, uh, including documentation and publishing it to the uh, to the App Store. What then finally uh, happened to that project? I I don't know uh, because. We <laughs> stupidly we didn't earn any money doing that. We just uh, we just added that feature. So in that respect, we've uh, we've basically uh, we're basically a little bit stupid because we're not earning money and we don't know how to earn money because uh, we. It is very important for us to keep for you to keep that data private for yourself.
0: What about for you personally? Do you track all your locations everywhere you go? You're using Onetracks. Yes,
1: the... I track all my locations. Uh, OwnTrax is constantly on. Uh, we have a mode which um, we call quiet mode. It originally started with another name, but we, we call it quiet mode. So an tracks user can disable tracking. So for example, if you go to your local pub and you don't want your spouse to know that you're in the pub, yeah. just before you reach the pub, you can click on quiet mode and then the, the, the app won't uh, won't publish. But yes, I not only record uh, where my phone has been, but also our vehicles right. uh, record every, every single meter every single uh, position that is uh, that uh, and
0: then what do you what do you do run. with the data i mean like how often do you go back and look at it or, or what well, I mean, now you uh, have all this data uh, what happens then
1: yeah first of all it's uh you say all this data yeah it's not it's not i mean it's not all that much but yes of course there's a lot of data occasionally i i actually go back and and uh, draw draw a map where where have we been where would we uh, wh- what was the path that we took uh, when we were on holidays there and there uh, one very very important thing one very important feature that we use quite extensively in the family, in fact, very extensively, is, uh, since all the family members travel quite a bit, is to figure out where we are or where, where they are. So i 'm um, the cook here at home. I cook meals, and um, when I uh, start getting hungry, I uh, have a look where is my wife and where is my child and uh, um, I can actually produce uh, food in such a way that it 's on the table at the minute that the door opens because we use on track.
0: A user can share their location with someone else. Is that how that works? Or are you, when you're seeing where your wife is, you're looking at the data on the server, or you're looking, you're connecting with her handset somehow? Or how does that?
1: The handsets, the the phones publish the data to a central server. Okay. And uh, so all all phones of a family or all phones of a group of friends uh, publish the data to the same server. I see. And as long as the server access controllers permit that, you could we can we can see where 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 we are. So if you were connected to my broker, and you would permit me to do so, and you had trust in that I do it correctly. Then you you could see me, you could see where I am, I could see where you are. But for example, I would set it up in such a way that you would not necessarily see where my where my wife is because it's not a big business. So uh, we um, I don't I'm not being nasty, but it's just no, no, it's sure, really sure. it's a, it's a, it's very big in terms of privacy. So uh, friends and family uh, share a broker. And any amount of friends can share a broker. And the the manager of the broker, so the system administrator, so to speak, of the broker, that would be you or I. The, the geek in the family uh, sets up the access control list in such a way that only certain people can see locations of others. So uh, here within the family, of course, uh, we all see each other. But on the broker that I run, I have also a number of friends who publish there. So I see my friends and I see where my family is, where my wife is. But my wife, for example, does not see where my friends are. Gotcha. So we, we, can, it, we can do that very, can, very granular. Are there
0: levels of granularity? I, it, this reminds me actually of a very interesting use case we had with OpenCage where it's quite funny because a lot of times kind of developers will contact us, you know, engineers, and they'll be like, oh, it's not precise enough. And like, you, know, you don't have the exact house number or whatever because it's not an OpenStreetMap. And they get really obsessed with this, this need for technical perfection. And then we had a customer contact us, and the, their app was basically you could record a video, and you could share the video with your friends. But they were very worried about privacy, in that they didn't want they didn't want the recipient of the video to see the exact location of the sender. They just wanted to have like what neighborhood you're in, right? And and they so they basically intentionally wanted us to make it less precise. And so th- that was really kind of an eye-opening moment for us, because then we realized there are many use cases where precision not only is not needed, it's not desired. And so do you have any kind of, if you can see your wife's location, you can see her exact location or she can set, you know, just show what neighborhood I'm in or what postal code or whatever, or?
1: no we do not uh, our apps don't offer that so it's uh, the the exact location whereby exact is always relative it depends what the phone operating Sorry. system has just provided in in terms of data okay. uh, but other than that no it's it's the the exact location there has been not yet I mean it's uh, what you say is quite interesting but uh, there's been not yet the request to do that. Probably because people who, uh, generally people who would share a broker, would share a location, if uh, you, for example, would be willing to show me where you are, to, to share where you are, you can disable that. I mean, directly on the handset, you can say, "No, I'm quiet mode. I don't want JP to know at the moment." But other than that, it would likely, or at least for most people anyway, it's likely irrelevant. You you wouldn't mind if I knew you were on the east side or on the west side of your block. Right. Uh, you it, you you wouldn't really care. So so no, so far that has not been uh, that has not been a request. We we have not considered that.
0: Yeah, I, I was um, on a related note. You know, here I'm, I'm. As I'm speaking to you today, we're under quarantine. Everyone in Spain is kind of confined to their house, except for emergency. Uh, unless we going, you need to get food, or it's an emergency or something. And I was reading. Now they're thinking about using mobile device tracking as a way to enforce the quarantine that the you know if the mobile operator could notice if you're if how frequently you're leaving the house or things like that and and it's quite scary actually kind of from a privacy point of view how this is uh,
1: it is I and mean, i was interesting you say that because last night on the way on the drive back from well from where i was i was listening to after listening to a GMO podcast i was listening to um radio news and uh, they were saying that the German Telecom has provided, I think it was five gigabyte of uh, positional data of uh, user phones to the Robert Koch Institute. And they're doing that it's more or less anonymized the data. I don't I cannot judge, cannot tell how how, how far anonymized it is, but uh, they're doing that for precisely the same reason for the RKI for the Robert Koch Institute. Who are the people who, who sort of verify how the coronavirus is, is proceeding? And they're doing that to to figure out whether uh, more and more people are staying at home or whether they're still, they're still out, outdoors. This is a little bit scary because it can be done centrally without you or I, um, without knowing. actually actually knowing about. Yeah.
0: it. Yeah, well, it's a difficult difficult situation where we we have to decide, you know, what what is the best thing for the individual and for society, and tricky.
1: Tricky, no. no a difficult situation, and also a, a rather bad time for me to be talking about an app which uh, does location tracking. <laughs> if we can, if we all, or if you all can't leave your house, so right. your houses or your apartments. But yeah, technically, it's uh, it's a difficult situation. But quite confident that uh, there will come the time where we can uh, go outdoors again. Let's hope so. Well,
0: I, I think it's quite an interesting project in that you, a from a technical standpoint, it's quite interesting. It's also interesting that you've been able to grow a community around it and, and have thousands of users. So so I think that's an example that everyone out there who's trying to build their own open source software can probably learn from. And it feels like these are the types of projects that are kind of at the cutting edge of this issue of you know you have to lead users in the location tracking space. And so. Maybe cause some of the emergent use cases will appear there, kind of features you get asked about and things like that. So congratulations to you and all the other contributors on the project.
1: Yes, thank you very much. I'm just I'm just one of us. Many of us don't, don't know each other, so I've never met Andrew and I've never met uh, Linus. And we have uh, planned a meetup for just uh, the five of us for July. I've even already booked uh, booked accommodation and so on, uh, where, uh, or I am crossing fingers that this will actually be able to happen, um, that we don't want to have to cancel it. But, uh, yeah, so we decided to, to get together. We've got an agenda of things that we want to talk about, maybe also talk about the future, uh, new features that we would be adding to, to own tracks and to the apps, to the front end, to the back end and so on. And so we are still working actively at tracks or on tracks and the apps and the backend and the frontend. And it's just, yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds.
0: What is the best way, if our discussion today gets someone interested, what is the best way for someone to get involved? Is there a mailing list? Um,
1: well, we don't have a mailing list. It's probably the best way. Uh, we have a Twitter account, of course, at tracks Then we have our GitHub repositories. There's GitHub dot com slash own tracks is the organization and uh, if you just have general questions or general comments or ideas or whatever uh, we have the the talk project or the talk repository which is uh, for that if you have specific issues specific questions specific ideas for be it uh, on one hand the ios implementation or the other hand the android implementation or any of the other tools we provide then of course we have individual repositories for those and we uh, very very actively monitor the the issue trackers there, and we are, I think, generally quite fast in responding. Generally, not always, of course. Uh, we also have a life sometimes, but we generally are quite uh, rapid to uh, to answer.
0: Excellent. Well, make sure to get all those links in the show notes. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming to talk with us here, too. This is, this is very interesting. Sorry it didn't work out with Munich, but I would I would love to have you come present at a Geomob in the future, be it be it in Munich, be it in London, be it wherever. It's a, it's a great project and look forward to tracking your projects.
1: Very good. Thank you very much, Ed. Yes, I would I would love to come or we would love to come. We are ready to come at the drop of a hat. The slides are ready. You, you call us and we'll be there. Okay.
0: Thanks very much.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Ed.
0: Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMO podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Freifogel. You can check out Mappery at Mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and, of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.